You're listening to Insights with Philip Wilson, where the discussion focuses on how to maximize Social Security benefits. Considering there are 567 ways to file and 3,000 rules for filing, it's no wonder that 90% of those who file for Social Security do not receive their maximum benefits. Listen in as Philip Wilson, who is certified in Social Security claiming strategies, outlines what you need to know to get the most from your Social Security benefits. Welcome to the show. We've been talking about college and in particular ways to reduce the out-of-pocket costs for parents and looking at different assistance that's out there, how we take advantage of that, um, primarily through the financial aid process. But but in particular, last week I left off by talking about the college selection process, how we go about selecting those colleges, how how does our child select that. And I want to pick back up there but in general, the overall goal here is to reduce the out-of-pocket costs for parents uh, through the financial assistance that's out there. And we've been talking an awful lot about where that comes from and who decides uh, for that using the expected family contribution. Seventy percent of the aid that's out there comes from the um, federal government. Most of the rest of the aid comes from the college itself. But the big theme of this, of this series is that the people that receive the most aid and pay the least amount of money for college are those that are not necessarily in the greatest need. The people who receive the most aid and pay the least amount for college are not necessarily those in the greatest need. They're the ones that understand the process. You have to understand this process. That's, so that's what we've been talking about. And the analogy that I would use would be an analogy for a hotel or for a plane ticket. You know, most people are aware that there's some processes and websites they can go through, and uh, not everybody that goes to the hotel is going to pay the same amount, any more so than with a college. Just because a tuition rate is stated a certain amount doesn't necessarily mean that's what you're going to pay. So the selection of the college is extremely important because one of the things that you will find is that not all colleges are created equal. And they're actually quite different. So limiting school choice based on what the standard tuition rates are doesn't necessarily reduce a parent's share of college cost. Limiting school choice does not necessarily reduce a parent's share of college cost. Not all colleges are created equal. Sometimes the more expensive colleges provide a lot more resources. They have a lot more resources. So the actual cost to the parent is actually less. So we've been talking about all that, and we kind of left off the last time talking about this selection process, this process that we go through to pick the college. How do we go through uh, with our children and pick the college? Now, things are a little bit different than I'm a little bit of a fossil, and things are a little bit different today than they used to be when I went to college. Uh, When I went to college, we didn't do visits. We didn't do a lot of these things they do today. It just really was not that big of a deal at that time. Uh, Some people did go out of state. Some people did go to other universities. uh, But most people in my high school went to Alabama or Auburn. Uh, Those that were academically um, superior, smarter, uh, they might go to one of the, um, you know, Vanderbilt or a Harvard school or something along those lines, but most everybody went to one of those two schools. So 
there was very little thought that was given to this financial aid process, the actual cost associated with it, and we didn't do college visits or any of these kind of things. But in general, how, how do children and parents select colleges? Well, most of the time in my experience, there's a handful of colleges that have already been picked. You know, sometimes it's um, who you root for of the football team, who won the Iron Bowl. Sometimes it's where your friends are going. Sometimes it's where your parents went. Sometimes it's uh, close to home or not close to home, uh, which was my choice. When I went to school, I didn't want anything close to home. There's a lot of different factors that people come up with that. Now, notice the time they have this handful of colleges that they're interested in, and then they go visit. And then once they visit, they start to eliminate and look at the different schools and which one they're interested in and not or not. And then from there, generally what most parents do is initiate the financial aid process at that point. I'm suggesting a strategy that's a little bit different. Um, what I'm suggesting is that you go through the financial aid process initially and you allow the results of that to guide the selection of schools. You don't go into the situation with just a handful of schools that you've already picked. You figure out which one you want, and then you figure out, okay, what financial assistance is there for this. What I'm suggesting is that parents need to choose the school based on the financial situation after going through the financial aid process. And the analogy that I gave was one of, um, of buying a car. You know, how do you go about buying a car? If you want to pay the lowest price for a car, you've got to create a competitive situation. You have to go into the dealer. You have to let them know that you're not already predisposed to that. They have to offer you a good deal. They have to offer you something that's going to be of interest to you. And if they offer you something that's not a very good deal, then you just let them know that you're going to go down the street to the other dealer. Those, that's the way that you receive the best price. If you want to pay the highest price for a car, walk into the dealer and start talking about how much you love the college, excuse me, the car, and let them know that you've already chosen that car. So, it, so in their mind, it doesn't really matter what the price is. They're going to offer you whatever they think you're going to choose. They're not going to offer you your best deal. Very similar to colleges. If you go into this college selection process already deciding that you, want to, that you want to go to two or three schools, you're not going to get the best deal. You have to create a competitive situation, go into it with that kind of mindset that you want the colleges to compete with each other. And that competitive situation is what will cause the, the universities to be more aggressive or less aggressive when it comes to the financial aid processes. Uh, not all colleges are created equal, but not all colleges need to work as hard to attract the student. It is a business. They're going to spend the amount of time and the amount of resources that they need to attract the students that they want. You've got to create this competitive situation. So what we talked about uh, last week was starting out with eight to ten colleges, not one or two. You start out with eight to ten colleges, that seems like a lot, uh, and the way that you do that is through the FAFSA process. So the, this website that you go to that's maintained by the Department of Education, that you provide your income and your assets, uh, you also select the colleges that you're interested in.
Now, does that mean you're going to go to them? No. Does that mean you're even going to apply for admissions? It does not. It just means that you're letting them know that they're on your radar. But by selecting eight to ten colleges, you initiate the financial aid process with all these different colleges and create that competitive situation that we're talking about. Um, and it needs to be a cross-section of colleges. It can't be the same ones. It needs to be uh, colleges of different sizes, public, private, uh, liberal arts, different academic um, uh, reputations and so forth, and you will find through that cross-section a wide variety of financial aid offers. But in the competitive situation, what you're really trying to do is get the colleges to work. You're trying to get them to uh, increase the financial aid package to attract your student. And this is what really reduces the cost of the college. Now, last week I also mentioned uh, another type of aid that you could receive, and that was merit-based aid. And merit-based aid was not necessarily driven by financial need. All of the things that we were talking about with financial aid in general are based on financial need. They're based on your resources, your ability to pay for college. They're there to create an equal playing field and opportunity for everyone. But merit-based aid is based on the merit of your child. It's based on the worthiness of your child. It's based on the perception of the college um, the attractiveness of your child and the, their perception that they want them as a student. So the third thing that's involved in choosing the right college, handful of colleges, cross-section of colleges, but also to choose colleges that your child is in the top 10%. And by choosing colleges that your top child is in the top 10%, they are going to look very attractive uh, to the university. And the way that you can do that, you can research the different standards for these different universities, what the average uh, grade point average is, what the average ATC, ACT score is, SAT score, and so forth. So you, that information is easily found and out there. So in the selection of colleges, you want to make sure, just in addition to the cross-section of colleges, that you're choosing colleges that your child is going to be in the top 10% of incoming freshmen. Now, depending on the academic standards of the university, that's going to drive you toward certain schools or away from certain schools, depending on the academic strengths of your child. You don't necessarily have to be a Rhodes Scholar, but if you are a Rhodes Scholar, you'll, you'll probably attract, you'll probably be in the top 10% of something like an Ivy League school. Um, if your child is an above-average student, they might be in the top 10% for someone like South Alabama, something like that. But if they're in the top 10%, it's very likely they're going to increase the merit awards, which aren't need-based. Last week, I gave you an example of an, an actual example of a client who did not qualify for financial aid at all. They had high income and we looked at a college that was very attractive to the student was very attractive to them uh, and that was a that when the example that I used was Troy um, the student did not want to go to Troy they wanted to go to Auburn um, they were not so attractive to Auburn uh, they, they didn't stand out with the 25,000 students that were that were going to Auburn that year but they were very attractive to Troy and because we chose that as one of the colleges, we created that opportunity 
and competitive situation that we receive such a good offer. Auburn didn't provide any offers for this person. Troy did. Troy provided her a full ride. And it only happened because we chose multiple colleges in the beginning through the FAFSA process. We chose a cross-section of colleges, but we also narrowed it down to colleges that she was in the top 10% of incoming freshmen. And that is the process that I'm trying to teach the parents to, be, um, to go about choosing or helping their children choose the college for, their ch uh, for the student and not the normal way, the traditional way that we typically do that. And that's, you know, what are our friends doing? Who won the Iron Bowl? Who's got a good football team? Who do we root for? Who won the national championship? And so forth. Uh, I know that was the way that I, when I was in high school, that's the way everybody chose the college. Uh, but nowadays, you can allow the college and the financial aid and the actual cost of college to be the driving factor in narrowing down. So you start out with a larger set of um, colleges, you let them respond to you, you let them provide the um, financial aid awards, you look at those, you evaluate them. Uh, after the break, we're going to come back and talk about negotiating uh, these awards, uh, what your responsibility will be when they come back to you. Uh, a further, I'm going to talk a lot more about this um, competitive situation that I'm trying to get you to do, you know, selecting these different colleges. Uh, when, they, when the awards come back, what do you do? What do you say? Uh, how do you increase the awards? How do you create this competitive situation uh, to increase the aid packages and so forth? But the starting place is that we need to have a subset, a larger subset of colleges, different colleges, ones that our child looks very good at, uh, academically stands out from the incoming freshmen. And that's the point in which I want to stop for the break. And then when we come back, I want to talk about the individual negotiation and so forth that goes on with these different colleges that, that, that's what really reduces the cost of your college uh, and helps you in the selection process. Social Security benefits are a key part of planning for retirement. Many people believe they simply apply and the only decision to make is at what age to begin benefits. With 567 ways to file and 3,000 different rules to follow, nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, it is estimated that 90% of those who file for Social Security do not receive their maximum benefit. Learn more about how Social Security benefits are calculated and better understand how to maximize your benefits by attending one of Philip Wilson's Social Security workshops. If you're in the Pelham area, you can attend on October 16th or 25th at 6 p.m. or on October 29th at 11 a.m. The workshop is free, but since space is limited, you do need to reserve your seat. Register to attend online at ssmistakes.com or by calling Philip at 205-745-3948. Again, that's 205-745-3948. 